Hello, it's Julie Pilot from The Idea Fountain, and nature is such a gift. Sometimes I laugh at the fact hikes in California are free, but people would pay thousands of dollars for bottle service at crowded nightclubs. Recently, I got to witness one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced, and it was the transformation of a monarch butterfly. This would have never happened if it weren't for COVID-19. I was barely at my house enough before to remember to feed my cat or ever cook dinner, let alone monitor the unfolding stages of a cocoon and a monarch butterfly. Cool Kojak is the man that made it all happen. Today, he's going to tell us about the monarch movement, how we're going to save these butterflies from being extinct, and I hope you too get to have a butterfly experience. Check this out. I-E-A-F-O-U-N-E-A-I-N. This is the Idea Fountain, life-changing conversations. everybody for joining the Idea Fountain. Uh, our guest tonight has already made one appearance on the Idea Fountain as the artist of the month. He brought over an incredible painting during uh, the episode with NQ. Uh, before I introduce the man of the hour, let's go around the room and check in with some of our guests. Uh, you know, first time Idea Fountain visitor, go ahead and say hi, Maggie. Hi. <laughs> yeah. I listen. Thank you. I've never been here. Stacy, is this your first idea fountain? I think it's my official first one. I, I joined one of your IG live streams when you're talking about volunteering, but I think this is the first fireside chat I've been able to attend. Okay, awesome. And Amy B, the OG. I was at the first ever Idea Fountain and have continued to frequent them whenever possible, either virtually or IRL at Julie's lovely home. Awesome. Well, welcome back and thanks for hanging out. Um, uh, all right. We got some more people coming in the room, but uh, let's see. We've got... Julian Walcott, broadcasting live from upstairs. He's not going to unmute, and that's fine, because it might get feedback. Uh, all right. Uh, so it, it's interesting. Uh, this is an intimate episode, an intimate chat, but I think that it's one of the uh, chats that has the capacity to travel the furthest of any that I've done. Because there are, there is a lot of excitement around these butterflies. I know for myself, the 90s and the 2000s, uh, Mariah Carey may have killed the butterfly for me. I got a little bit overdosed on it. Um, but recently, uh, Kojak gave me a, a cocoon. And I got to see the whole chrysalis process and uh, it really was life-changing. Kojak, I'm gonna give you an official intro. Cool Kojak grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. He's representing the shirt. Our, our boy Chase swore that he was gonna come on even though it was 11 o'clock at night. I knew he'd fall asleep. Uh, you also have a key to the city in Worcester. What does that get you? 
Um, so far, uh, it gets me a feeling of um, uh, love from, from a very tough place. And it was a long time coming. So I'm very proud of that. It, it's a, it was a, for a long time growing up in Worcester, I had a desire to um, just do things for my city. And it took me a long time to get some recognition. And it just mattered a lot to me because I love Worcester, Massachusetts. It's a pretty rough, it was a rough place. Now it's, it's really uh, changing a lot. And thanks to a lot of young people who are there. My homeboy, Jay, shout out. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen if it unlocks like the door to any bars late night or if I get a free shot or anything. That, I, that hasn't happened yet. But That's awesome. Uh, Kojak also spent a lot of quality time in Brazil where you were performing with who? Supla. I was There's in a band called Supla Zoo. And uh, yeah, we were, we had a number one record and played at Rock and Rio and did a huge tour. And, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, you may know him from his work scoring films like uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse doing songs like Flo Rida's Right Round, working with Nicki Minaj, NASA, Kathleen Hanna, Modest Yahoo, Travis Barker, and Kojak was also the very first person to ever tell me who Ariana Grande was. That's right, and now look at her. Yeah, he is a musician, songwriter, record producer, composer, artist, humanitarian, and butterfly farmer. Welcome, Cool Kojak. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So where did this all begin? You were going 100,000 miles an hour with your music and your graffiti. And then where did the butterflies come in? Well, you know, I'm kind of like the black sheep of my family. Everyone else in my immediate family is a scientist. They're, they all have PhDs in science. And so when we were kids, my brother and I, raised a monarch butterfly and took pictures of it. And then my brother for years was a monarch butterfly for Halloween. He was a monarch butterfly. My mom made like a felt, you know, wings, like in this early or mid seventies, you know, like he had this felt wings. And then the next year he was a tomato head monarch butterfly. And then he was a monarch butterfly ghost. So it just kind of featured big and, the, and it's such a enigmatic, you know, kind of looking, insect it's it really uh it's just like it's, it's a very attractive little little creature and and uh it's always been you know close to my heart so when i moved to atwater village a few years ago my son is just has the natural proclivity to to you know like kids pick up bugs and he's like super bug kid and he was uh he was like papa and he had a handful of monarch butterfly caterpillars you know and i was like whoa he had just found them and he and so we went out the next day and they were all gone and he was like papa where's all the monarch butterfly caterpillars i was like i don't know dude and he's like we have to save them so he created the initiative and we started um just kind of sheltering the the butterflies and then we really got into it and i planted a bunch of milkweed and we uh we started raising them and, and egg raising them um and we released, you know, probably about 200 a year, which is a fair amount. And, you know, I heard you guys talking when I first got on about how the butterflies always come back. And it's such a beautiful thing. Like, 
unless they're, you know, they're a migratory creature. So unless it's during a, a migratory season, after they hatch, they just kind of hang around where they hatch. So if you have milkweed and you notice a butterfly, that butterfly is going to be hanging around. So let's take it like straight to the elementary level, because I'll be really honest, like, of course, I knew butterflies came from caterpillars. But like, let's just start with the milkweed. This is really yes. important, right? Because um, milkweed is is very important. Milk milkweed is actually becoming the centerpiece of my campaign. You know, yeah, it's really it's it's the host plant for not only the monarch butterfly caterpillars, but many important um, characters in a, in the ecosystem. And you know, we're talking about a pretty low rung on the food chain ladder. Um, and like I heard when you, you know, when I first joined, you know, um, the wasps come around and I've seen wasps eat cocoons. I've seen wasps eat caterpillars. They eat the eggs. Uh, the, there's always um, praying mantis, you know, eating the eggs. They eat the monarch butterfly eggs. And um, uh, it's, you know, they're, they're down there on, at the bottom of the food chain. Um, but their whole life cycle revolves around the milkweed bush as do many other insects i mean if you if you've ever looked at milkweed you'll notice these red beetles they're called firebugs and they're beautiful and they're harmless they're super cool and their whole life also revolves around the bush and there's a bunch of bugs that live on the milkweed bush so yeah. it's very imperative uh that we you know plant as much of that as possible I saw those firebugs at your house and they were kind of freaking yeah. me out. I haven't seen any on my milkweed yet. I bought milkweed at um, like the local nursery after my first butterfly experience. But um, my understanding is it used to be a lot more common and just in the wild, but with overpopulation, it's going away. And that's a big impact on the butterfly shortage, right? Yeah, well, you know, and that's exactly right. And this is a big issue is that milkweed used to grow wild everywhere, right? And so when I say it's the host plant, the monarch butterfly lays its eggs solely on the milkweed bush. The, the caterpillars hatch out of the egg, they eat their eggshell, and then they start eating the milkweed. And this is the only thing that they eat, and they eat perpetually, taking breaks only to molt four times, which is they outgrow their skin and then they sneak out of their skin and have a bigger skin underneath. And then uh, they, and they just eat and eat and eat and poop a lot. They poop a lot, as do we all. And then, uh, and then after about 10 days of eating, they, they climb up and pupate somewhere um, and form a cocoon, which uh, 10 days later will hatch as a monarch butterfly if everything goes smoothly. So, so I've, got, I've got a little bit of show and tell here, which will be awesome for oh, a podcast, cool. but I have my container because um, since uh, everybody is saying that butterfly eggs are in such danger, I hope I did this right. I mean, it just looks like a little dot on a leaf and I picked the milkweed leaves and I brought it inside and I put it in a blueberry container with an extra wet paper towel to keep the milkweed alive. And uh, what do I do now? Okay, well, here's the thing. This is great. 
and this is wonderful that you're doing it, um, to keep a leaf alive, you know, you can kind of look around the internet and there's a lot of people who, you know, will talk about how to keep your basil fresh, uh, your cilantro. Basically, you know, every day, what you gotta do is snip the end off of your, the stem of these leaves and keep, you know, so you, there's a fresh channel for the water to, to, for the leaf to suck up the water to stay fresh. And you keep your leaves alive that way. Um, it's a daily maintenance thing. And it really becomes like, it's like a meditation. And every morning I get up at seven, I go outside, I look at my plants, I find eggs, I bring them in, I look at the eggs I have, the leaves I have, I trim the leaves. It's really like a meditation. And, um, you know, uh, it, it, and it's, it's a daily maintenance kind of thing, you know? And like what, what we, your goal is to have these little eggs hatch and then you have little babies, little chubby babies that you got to keep alive. And um, it's, it's really uh, a meditative process, you know? And, and the whole life cycle, so egg to caterpillar is how long? Egg to caterpillar is about a month. Uh, oh, so caterpillar is 10 days. 10 days. So that, yeah. And then and caterpillar, then caterpillar to, to is about 10 days. 10 days. I have and another 10 little- 10 days in the pupa. I have another little uh, piece of show and tell. This is the scene of the crime, the um, pot that Kojak gave me that had the cocoon in it. And um, I mean, it really was just, it was one of the most majestic things I've ever seen in, in, in person. I mean, unbelievable, like the uh, emerald colored cocoon with the gold rim around it. I can't believe there aren't more jewelry pieces fashioned after that because it really you know, that's, was uh, one of the most gorgeous things i've ever seen yeah that's a that's a comment we hear a lot you know um it's so gorgeous and especially the day before the butterfly hatches uh the the green cocoon will become transparent and then you can end black right and then you'll see the the wings inside the cocoon it's so beautiful it's just an exquisite little just like treasure of nature. And then what are your mornings like when the butterflies usually hatch? Well, when a butterfly hatches, they usually hatch early in the morning. Um, and they'll basically, when they squeeze out of the cocoon, they squeeze this liquid into their wings, which then kind of helps them form properly, right? And so, and they'll have these wet wings that'll unfurl and they'll be kind of hanging for about four or five hours drying their wings, at which time they're very vulnerable. And when insects are vulnerable, you can handle them uh, very easily. So you can, if you want, you know, stick your finger in between their legs and they'll just hang on your finger. I saw you did that, Julie. I did. I, I had and, a cool yeah. experience because I came downstairs and I almost felt it was like the water broke, like the cocoon you could see was black and like you knew it was go time. And then, yeah. uh, I don't know, I went about my life and probably showered and stuff and I came back and the butterfly had broken out. And it was so cool because I had a, like let's say it was 9 a.m., I had a 10 a.m. conference call. And so I took the little pot outside and I just sat and I chilled out with the butterfly for like an hour. And yeah, it crawled on my finger. We did a photo shoot. Like it was just chilling. And then I had to come back inside and do my conference call. And it probably lasted about an hour and a half. And in the meantime, 
I could see all these other monarch butterflies swirling. And I kept leaning over to see if my butterfly had taken off and it hadn't, but these other butterflies were like swooping in. And then I ended my call and I was a little bit scared that like something was wrong with it or something, or maybe like I heard it when I touched it. And I went outside by my fire pit and I sat down and the second I sat down, the butterfly took off for flight for the first time. So it was almost, I felt like she waited for me. She waited for you. And, and then can you imagine that creature taking its first flight, you know? Isn't that amazing? It's just a little tiny microcosm of, you know, the first baby steps and you get to see it. It's really a beautiful thing. I think it's so special and as strange as this is to say, I don't think without COVID-19, I would have ever had that experience to slow down this much. I joke, yeah. like I feel so thankful these days that I get to see my backyard more than Southwest Airlines, right? Uh, what has um, COVID been like for you and have you felt like a return in stuff to nature? Definitely. Um, I think that this has been a, you know, it's a brutal time for everybody to just have your life cut, cut off and just, you know, forced to put on, be put on like pause mode, you know, but we have this, it's such an amazing opportunity. I've been uh, hiking every day, um, you know, and just, it's like, this is an opportunity for everybody to take time and, and look around and breathe the air. And, you know, I've been doing yoga every day with Andrea Markham, who's an incredible yoga teacher. Check out her uh, yoga channel on YouTube, Andrea Markham Yoga. So good. She's got me back in the game. And, um, you know, I think this is a great opportunity for, for all of us, you know, to kind of get in touch and really look around. I mean, we know that that, that uh, in, environmental crisis is, is, uh, is a big deal, you know, and human rights right now is a focus and that's wonderful. And we need to really navigate those waters and then really pay attention to what's going on with the environment. And so for us to have this time to reflect on that is, it's essential, you know, and I think it's, it's like so uh, important to kind of just shed light on that. So that's what I've been trying to do. And you know, the monarchs are my ambassador to my little, you know, effort to at least raise awareness and consciousness and, and care about environmental issues. So I've been, you know, giving out the cocoons to everybody who's interested, who loves them, you know, and like yesterday I gave one to Lila, our friend's little daughter, and I gave one to Aaron Paul yesterday and Michelle Monaghan and Victoria Justice and, um, you know, people who, who have some uh, impact, you know, and who have some influence. Dinah Jane. Dinah Jane. Dinah Jane has one. Yep. From Fifth Harmony. Who um, knew that, that Monarch Butterfly cocoons would be like the new gift bag thing, right? <laughs> well, it's a gift. And it's also, you know, it's, a, it's more than a gift. It's kind of like an invitation to really put your priorities towards you know, thinking about how we're going to navigate this next big challenge in the world, you know? 
So you've put a lot of thought into this and we've talked about it a little bit, but I'd love to hear where your head is. You've launched the channel Magical Monarchs on Instagram, but you've also talked about creating the monarch movement. Um, yes. This is really exciting, teaching people how they can make a difference with ecology and the world and saving butterflies. Where in your dream scenario, where do you want this to go? Well, this is, you know, and Julie, I'm glad you asked me this because this is something that you and I have discussed for a while and it's, um, you know, uh, something that I strongly believe in, think about every day, you know, the power of entertainers um, and also the responsibility of entertainers is immense, you know, and, and we have this emotional language that we speak that just resonates with people, right? And we're not politicians and we're not here to preach, you know, but we care and we make music about caring. I mean, song, love songs are about caring and we need to, uh, you know, we need to keep pushing love and empathy, you know, into the world. So I had this concept and I know it's gonna happen, but basically if we're capable of unifying the voices of entertainers um, into a collective consciousness, right? Into a collective voice to push forward and, you know, a positive a movement to push the environmental concerns to the forefront of our, of our, you know, mindset, right? I have this idea that we throw a party and our party is full of fascinating people. It's full of actors and you know entertainers and comedians and musicians and there's performances and there's uh, conversations amongst interesting people that you're you as the viewer of this live stream party that happens once a month you get to pay attention to what people are talking about what they're concerned about and what our big concerns are um, and we champion people who are doing great things for the environment and you know, uh, nations who are making big changes and we can then collectivize voices to call on, you know, entities to make, to make a positive change. You know, corporations need to be held accountable. And when you have a strong voice on social media, you can actually make a big change and you can call on big brands and big corporations and, and, and be like, you know, hey, are you guys actually green? You know, we love your product and we see you advertising, but what are you doing to the environment? What is your product? You know, what is the impact on the environment of your product? And it better be green, you know, and if it's not, it's time to change your ways or, you know, um, and it's not like threatening, like a cancel culture type situation, but we can hold these, you know, these big polluters accountable. And I think that's something that's really important to consider. And we have the power to do that. I mean, when they launched title, right? I couldn't believe when they launched title. And I look at the stage and there's like, who's on the stage when they launched title? The streaming service, Rihanna, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Calvin Harris, da you know, Daft Punk. Jack White. Jack White, Arcade Nicki Minaj. Fire, Nicki Minaj. All of these people Alicia are standing Key. next to each other. Exactly. And, and I'm like, Madonna. And I'm like, look at the power that is on this stage and, you know, okay, cool, we're doing another, uh, 
another streaming service, Jay-Z's. Awesome. If we had that crew or even more with an objective to make an impact for environmental change, you know, then we would actually be accomplishing some real things, you know, and we have that power. I'm curious on your thoughts and I want to say this sensitively because there's a lot of people involved with this organization that I care about, but I think that using the power of celebrity and people with loud voices for positive is um, like what they've done with Global Citizen, right? Right. And, um, but then a lot of times I feel like the feedback that I get about Global Citizen is it's a bunch of celebrities up like reading a teleprompter, right? And it doesn't quite have the authentic impact. How do you find both? Well, that might be that might be accurate. You know, um, I think that um, even if you know we got some teleprompter reading, I think there needs to be a, if there's more passion, that that element of disingenuous kind of uh, at least like little vibe might might go away and it's not it's really it's a you know now's the time to to call on entertainers to really dig deep and and you know care about shit when you really care about shit you're not just gonna fucking read off the teleprompter you know what i mean yeah so i I really want to get back to how people can make a difference and my um, eyebrows look okay they look fantastic especially for a podcast Um, and I also want to hear from some people in the group who have been connected to butterflies, if they have questions, if they have any tips, but first, look at the pelican, look at the pelican, fly um, pelican. First, I want to go through a little round of uh, butterfly true or false. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read a statement about a butterfly. And everybody in the group, you can uh, shout out if you think it's true or false. Um, Butterflies taste with their feet. True. You win, Stacy. Butterflies taste with their feet. Go, Stacy. All right. Did you know that butterflies Um, taste with their feet? uh, California has plunged to only 20,456 butterflies, a drop of 54% since last year. False? False. It was a drop of 86% since last year. Gosh. Um, okay. Uh, butterflies can't You know why? Why? Because, it, because of their habitats are, are being marginalized and they're cutting down their host plants. People are not aware of what the host plants are and uh, agriculturalists don't care. And, um, and so they have no habitat. And, you know, and like you, with the monarch, it's milkweed, you know. You were saying there was another disease. Maggie started talking about this before we were recording the podcast. Yeah. She was saying that her butterflies um, all of a sudden had like problems with their wing. What was that disease you were saying, Kojak? Uh, OE, it's a parasite. So it's a, you know, one of the um, you know, issues that the monarch faces and, and the parasite basically gets in on the milkweed and then the, 
it infects the caterpillars. They, there are a lot of, uh, you know, it, it's tough down there on, the, on that lower level of the, the lower rung of the, the uh, food chain. But um, the OE is, is, is ugly. It's really sad to see and um, it's hard to control. But again, you know, the, the best uh, result or the best, you know, kind of response to that is just plant way more milkweed. More milkweed. And it, it's just so easy. Now that I've done it, I want to put it everywhere. Okay, I yeah, have three more, three more butterfly true or false uh, questions. One, butterflies drink turtle tears to get sodium. Correct. Correct, true. I couldn't make that up. Uh, butterflies use ants as babysitters. True. True. Yes. The gossamer wing butterflies uh, do use ants to protect their eggs. Uh, last one, uh, Nicole Kidman has a uh, um, deathly fear of butterflies. She does. She strange. Does. She does. It's very strange. Uh, terrified of the skittish behavior. It is called lepidoptophobia. Lepidoptophobia. Nicole Kidman. Scared of butterflies. Sound familiar? Uh, <laughs> anyway. Monkey Lou's a little bit for, afraid of, of butterflies. That's one thing I'm trying to do is destigmatize insects. I mean, I love bugs, you know, and I'll, I'll like catch spiders and bring them outside and moths and whatever and catch a mosquito hawk in my hands and bring it outside. And insects are so important. I mean, they clean up after us, you know? Um, they clean up everything. And they're a vital piece of our ecosystem. I mean, butterflies are pollinators, you know? Um, I'm I really want to destigmatize people being grossed out by bugs. They're not gross. They're our friends. They're our little cute little friends. We need to protect them or we're goners without them. Well, I might take some pictures of some things in my yard and send them to you so you can uh, give me that pep talk all over again. I got um, you. Hey, uh, I'm here for pep talks. I want to hear from some more people on the call. Maggie, you are a butterfly expert. You, you were telling the story from when you were a teacher and she's showing some photos right there. Oh, nice. I see some caterpillars. I see a caterpillar. Yeah. Nice. I love it. I have a video somewhere of um, one actually eating a leaf. It was so fascinating to see that because so it was cool. it just, but it is, it's just amazing because it just keeps going down the leaf and then up and down. And, but I can't find it on there, but it's, it's really there, cool. Those caterpillars are beautiful. If you get a chance to really look at one closely and uh, zoom in on it, it has an incredible color and, and uh, you know, pattern. Amazing. Um, Maggie, you were a first grade teacher. What advice do you have for parents who might want to introduce this curriculum or this experience to their kids? What, what was it like going through it with the first graders? Um, well, we, we read at that point, um, we didn't actually have the monarch butterflies. We did the painted ladies, which looked like monarchs, a smaller monarch. And uh, so that was 
what we did because I didn't realize that the monarchs were available. I didn't even know those were in my backyard. I had no idea that I had milkweed in my backyard. I would suggest that you get your child, first of all, plant the milkweed. And then um, because the monarch butterflies will come if you plant the milkweed. And then it sounds like I didn't realize that you could actually raise the, the caterpillars inside the little, some in, in an environment. I used to take them and give them to the children when they were really big so that they were almost ready to do the chrysalis. So go through the whole thing. I would really like to hear the process of taking that, do you take it with the egg or do you take it when it's hatched from the egg and put it inside the house? Well, if you have access to milkweed bushes, it sounds like you do. Um, you know, basically you'll notice that they're kind of generational, uh, you know, there's like a generation of, of the butterfly happening every month. So if you look, generally you'll find the eggs on the underside of the leaf. And about once a month, if you get out there, you're gonna find a ton of eggs. So what I do is I pinch the leaf off and then keep the leaf alive by uh, either you know submerging them in water for a while and then making sure that they have a water source and keeping the end of the leaf. I had a leaf expert help me uh, understand how leaves work and how to keep them alive. Um, and, um, and then you, know, you, you can keep the leaf alive until the eggs hatch. Uh, mm -hmm. Once the eggs hatch, now you've got some mouths to feed. So you're going to need to keep, you know, and what I do is I have a big butterfly tent and I take a milkweed plant and I put it inside the tent and I just put the, once the butter, uh, once the caterpillars are big enough, because, you know, they also will eat each other. So if there's a tiny, tiny caterpillar on a bush with a giant caterpillar, the caterpillar, the big guy will just eat the little guy. Uh -huh. So you kind of got to wait I'm really glad you warned me of this in advance. Yeah. No, I yeah. mean, there's a lot. And you know, Believe me, it's like you look at these little critters and you're like, oh, they're so, and they can be, you can, it can be elating and it can also be heartbreaking, you know, because if these, one of these guys dies and I squished one and I, the other day I squished, I didn't see a, a pupa was on the side of my, and I squished it and it was like heartbreak. Like I was, and then, you know, I got milkweed that had been sprayed with pesticides and it killed all my caterpillars. And I had given out caterpillars to kids and they died. And I can't tell you, that was like fucking heartbreaking. But these are the, it was a great lesson because we need to know that pesticides are fucking things up, you know, and we gotta be vigilant about not letting nurseries spray pesticides on our plants and, and not let, you know, try to prevent there, there are alternatives to pesticides. I mean, look at like, for example, aphids. Get a bunch of ladybugs. The aphids are going to eat the ladybugs. Let nature take care of that problem. You know, spraying a bunch of nasty chemicals around is not necessarily a, 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 the best, you know. Yeah. Wait, idea. did you mean the aphids are going to eat the ladybugs or the ladybugs are going to eat the aphids? Yeah, the la ladybugs will eat the aphids. Oh, okay, good. I don't want to see anything eating ladybugs in my garden. Um, all right, cool. Um, anybody else want to chime in with any uh, environmental questions or fun facts about the butterfly, butterfly movement? And you know something, too, I wanted to, to point out is that children learn things by um, 
hands-on experiences and authentic right there experiences. This is how they really learn. And I think that um, our children um, are a future and to learn that your son is the one who got you started on this. Am I correct? Yeah. 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 Look at this. Yeah. This is what's, this is up to them. So let's go ahead and, and take the time and, and show the children and let them experience that. So important. It's really important. And they, and they respond to it. I mean, I have a friend who's three and, you know, I just mentioned butterfly to him. And he started flapping his wings and was running around the room and his parents were cackling and there and he's like, I'm a butterfly and now I'm a cocoon. And you know, it, it's kids really, you know, respond to that immediately. So to get them impassioned about it, I think it's really important. So that's why I've been, you know, doing what I can to share the experience and the joy of watching a, a butterfly hatch and, and you know, and then, and then also explaining to the kids about what's going on with the environment and, you know, it's a, the big picture. It's an important lesson. Well, before we wrap up, uh, Kojak, I'm going to ask you a bonus question. So um, connected to the Idea Fountain, we've started doing a little Artist Way book club. And um, a lot of the Artist Way has to do with getting back in touch with your inner artist and like reconciling all the time that you, all the times you've been criticized or like second guessing your art, the stories you've been told and um, really rediscovering who you are as an artist. And I know for me, it's a really therapeutic process, but so is hanging out with somebody like you because you have so much confidence in your creativity. Um, like just a couple of weeks ago, I had a denim dress that I was about to donate and I decided to take it over to Kojak's and we painted it and now it's the coolest thing in my wardrobe, right? But I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that on my own, but just standing next to Kojak and doing it, he kind of gave me that artistic permission um, where do you, two part question, where do you think your confidence in your creativity comes from and what advice do you have for people that especially during this COVID-19 time, um, want to tap back into that? Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, um, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, when I saw you post a picture of the dress and I was looking at it and I was like, damn. I barely remember my painting part on that dress. I mean, I, I, kinda, I remember it a little bit, but I look at some of my paintings and I have no idea how, how, how the hell I did it, right? And I realize that it's probably because it's like a meditative thing, right? It's like a meditative moment to, to fully immerse myself in the creativity and the process of trying to create a work of art. And, you know, it's like, maybe the painting's not great, or maybe, you know, I've painted over so many paintings I've made, and then eventually it turns out to be something that I'm cool with, but it's like, I don't know how the, I don't care remember, because it was like, basically meditating when I did it, you know, because you get so involved in the process. And I think that's so important for everybody. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I'm the greatest painter in the world or you know and I give my paintings out to everybody um, because I feel like 
you know, sharing is, is a, is a wonderful thing, but I, I, I feel like everybody should, should get, find something that they can just immerse themselves in and lose themselves in, you know, and to have that meditative moment where your brain is doing something that you're not forcing it to do, you know, um, it's super important. So I don't know if that answers the question or not. Well, I'll go back to, there are so many people that I think are scared to be creative, right? Because they think it's not going to be good. Or they're dealing, they're wrestling with that inner critic. What advice do you have for them to get past it? Yeah. Don't be, who do you think you are? You know, my paintings suck too. You know, Um, you're not, you can't have this expectation that you're going to try to be creative and then all of a sudden something's going to be awesome. You got to work hard and be persistent. And I think persistence and um, loving, you know, the process of creativity and just having the opportunity to do something like that and then motivating yourself to be diligent, to do it, you know, uh, enough that you get something out of it. That's really important. And so challenge yourself, you know, and that's kind of what I try to, report to everybody that you know likes painting and is interested in what uh, you know what I'm doing whatever like I'm no better than anybody else I might I might make a cool painting one day and then you might make the cool painting the next day I mean I think your half of the dress Julie is way better than mine you know we kind of split painting the dress and your half came out way more interesting looking than mine did you know well I think I think part of it one of the funniest things that I love about it is I, I love the the phrase, trust the process, right? And, you know, at Kojak's house, we had like, um, he had like clamps that the dress was like hung up on and we were painting it. And I'm such a novice. I didn't realize I should unclamp my part and paint it. And so there's a big blank spot, <laughs> but it actually looks awesome <laughs> exactly it like does. This. It does. just, it just so cool. the process so yeah. just do it just fucking do it and re- do it repeatedly and do it every day and and just kick yourself in the butt to get out there and do do what do something creative it's really great for your brain and it's great for you know if it's if it's a little meditative thing that's great for empathy i feel like yeah i mean i feel like the more that i paint and the more that I'm just involved in creative things the more I care about people I think it's important to care about people it's really important get outside of your head well thank you so much for your generosity and all the sharing you do and the creativity the abundance of creativity and great music and great art and now great butterflies that you've put into the world. Uh, I'm really excited to see this trend continue to take off. People planting the milkweed, people watching the whole chrysalis process and uh, changing the world. No big deal. No biggie. And look, I'm, I'm here to give any advice or anything that I know or help, you know, connect people. I have three Instagram accounts. Uh, magical monarchs i'm already you know just giving advice to people and and uh, a couple of women who hit, hit me up on there today went and got milkweed and planted it so that was amazing and they're on their way so if, if it interests anybody just hit me up and i'm here to share whatever i know wait you said you have help. three instagram accounts i think i only know of two 
Um, so cool Kojak, my main one, where I just like post pictures of bees and flowers and stuff. And then uh, cool Kojak artwork is my paintings, and then magical monarchs is the monarchs. Um, but I'm here. I'm I'm and and I'm uh, I'm gonna be here. So hit me up. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out, everybody. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Idea Fountain and have a good night. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Julie. Thanks so much for listening to the Idea Fountain and joining me on this journey of self-discovery and purpose. I really believe that everybody matters so much and I hope you find something in each and every conversation on the Idea Fountain. Uh, I really appreciate you also staying in touch and following me at the Idea Fountain on Instagram. Uh, If you rate or leave a comment on podcasts, that helps a ton. And for checking out all episodes or getting on our newsletter, head over to juliepilot.co. That's J-U-L-I-E-P-I-L-A-T.co. Appreciate you.